You are traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Tone Zone. Welcome to the Tone Zone. I'm your host, Anthony Mullen, and uh, welcome to the first episode. Uh, today I have special guest, Andy Kurtz. How are you doing, Andy? It's great to be here. Doing great. That's great to hear. And uh, for the first episode of this podcast, we did something very special. On Friday, we saw the film Joker, directed by Todd Phillips and starring Joaquin Phoenix in the title role. How did you feel about Joker? Give us like a sentence or two about what you felt. I'd say it was a good movie. It was a decent Joker movie. That's I I kind of agree with that. I'm not going to lie. Now, probably my favorite part of Joker... Like, today we're going to be talking about the film as a whole. We're going to be talking about what we liked, what we didn't like. We're gonna. There's going to be a spoiler section. Yes. So if you don't want to be spoiled on the movie, uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> uh and uh, we're going to be talking about how this kind of leads up to the future of comic book movies as a whole and DC's path compared to Marvel's. And we're actually going to start with that. Um, for me, my favorite part of Joker, the experience watching it, was probably the trailers before the movie. That's not a knock against the film. Uh, no, it's not a knock against there the film. There were some pretty good trailers, though. There's some very good trailers. Really looking forward to a lot of movies, especially Knives Out. Just going to plug that there. But the main one, the one that really, I mean, as a whole when it came out, was the Birds of Prey trailer, the, Har- the new Harley Quinn movie. Now, anyone who knows me, I am not a fan of the movie Suicide <laughs> Squad. Not, not at all. And... Watching the Birds of Prey trailer, it looks like a completely different kind of movie. It looks more like, I guess, if I was going to make a comparison like Guardians of the Galaxy than something like Suicide Squad. <laughs> and I'm really excited because I hope with like Shazam, which is really good, um, and it's kind of that kind of personal, small-scale story, but with a superhero, it's kind of what I'm excited most about DC movies. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for Birds of Prey. Like you said, it looks entirely different from Suicide Squad and just a different DC movie, like a different type of DC movie than what we've seen in the past. Yeah, I, for those who don't know, DC, so we all know the Marvel Cinematic Universe, how uh, <laughs> impressive and uh, successful it's been over the past 11 or so years, and about eight, about five years ago, uh, DC tried to start their own cinematic universe, and it did not work. No, I don't think they have maybe two good movies in that, if you count Shazam in that. And yeah, Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, and especially Suicide Squad, they're not good movies, and they're tr- they tried way too hard to be Marvel. Oh, Injustice League, not a good yes, movie. Not a good one. Um. So they were copying Marvel for about half a decade, but then with the failure of those movies, they kind of uh, steered the ship towards um, more singular movies, kind of like the old Spider-Man movies and the Dark Knight trilogy and 
I think it's really been working. I think Shazam's good. I think Aquaman, even though in the universe, I think it's fun and it's creative and it for me it gets the job done. But I I just I mean it's it's really nice to have two kind of comic book universes. You have Marvel's very interconnected ones, and then you have DC's which are very separate and they can tell a lot of different stories with that. And yeah, I mean Shazam did that really well. Um I really hope we really hope Birds of Prey does it. Um really surprised with that. Uh Ewan McGregor looks great as always. And I'm really excited for the Bat the new Batman movie. Oh, I'm Robert Pattinson. I'm very excited for Robert Pattinson. Jonah Hill. What do you want Jonah so I Jonah, want him, I want Jonah Hill to be the Riddler. Okay, so Jonah you want him to be Penguin, right? Jonah Hill is rumored to be uh cast as a villain in the new Batman movie and there's a lot of speculation on what he's going to be. Uh, I personally want him as Catwoman. I think he, I think he's a perfect Catwoman. Don't you have to be a woman for that? Um, in <laughs> by the definition of the name, I guess. But I mean, it's 2019. I think Jonah. I think Jonah Hill would do a good job. I don't think. But seriously, I think he'd be a good. I think he'd be good either with the Riddler or the Penguin. I would probably want him as Clayface. I think that's fun. <laughs> And plus, I, I I mean, Danny DeVito as the penguin in the second Burton Batman movie, I think that's way too iconic, iconic of a role. I think he can replace Jim Carrey as yes. the Riddler. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I, yeah. I think he would fit in best, in my opinion, as the Riddler. But yeah. Penguin could work. Clayface could less work, in my opinion. <laughs> but... All I, of them, all of them are decent roles for him. Like yeah, I can see him doing I mean, all of them. It's Jonah Hill. It's, it's Jonah Hill. It, what can't he? It's gonna do? be great, as long as like Channing Tatum's in it, <laughs> and we just get Twenty One Jump Street, Twenty Three Jump Street, Gotham Jump Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh, the thing about Joker in this sense is, as uh, as you'll see uh, as we talk more in depth about the movie, <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of the movie, but I really, I'm really happy that it's doing well because it means that we're going to get more movies like this, more personal, more small-scale movies. Like, um, as much as I, I like the Marvel movies, I like I like most of them, um, they, they feel like, they all feel like events and they all feel like connective tissue to the greater universe. And, like, the, ne- the next Marvel movie is Black Widow. And I was telling you after the movie, I really, ho- I really wish Black Widow was more like uh, Joker in a sense because Joker is very small scale, small budget. It's personal. Like I would want the Black Widow movie to be like a John Wick like movie. It, yes, it it was a very slow moving kind of storytelling more so than just action packed fight scene after fight scene. Yeah, and like the biggest fight scene in Joker is in a subway. Yes, it's a subway car. It's not that big, and. It's kind of it's kind of changing the notion that these big superhero uh, movies have to have the big action scene. Like, um, I mean, there's there, you can look at a whole lot of Marvel movies that don't really need an action scene, and you could take that out, make it add more time for like characters, and it'd be a better movie. But Marvel needs to, I don't it makes the seat they think that CGI <laughs> fight scenes always sell, yes. but. Yeah. They do usually, but yeah, we're straying away from them. I, I mean, if you look at the Dark Knight, 
The Dark Knight, arguably the greatest comic book movie of all time, it has very kind of subtle and kind of small scale action. Yes. Like the action scenes in The Dark Knight are chase sequences with the Joker. And it's not like um it's not like Ant Man where that kind of movie doesn't really need a final fight, but it does have yes. one. So what DC's doing, I hope, is it's leading towards a kind of new age of these movies where it's more personal. It's not really action driven. It's more character and plot stuff. Like Joker, I, I gotta commend what they did with Joker. It's very, it's a character study. I mean, it's it's Arthur Fleck and it's um, his descent into Madness, being, the, yeah, really. into him being the Joker, yeah. And um, Joaquin Phoenix's performance is very. Very notable in this case, and we're going to get to that. But the Joker, as a character, he's gone through a lot of evolutions. So he's been he's been around since 1940, and he has gone from like <laughs> he's gone from like murderous psychopath to crazy prankster for kids to relive in a society. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to uh, to kind of back with the Dark Knight. He's kind of back to like the psychotic madman. But this takes it a step further. I think the, I think Ledger, Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight is more calculating than Joaquin Phoenix. We're not going to talk about Jared Leto's Joker. Yeah. No, 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 no. Talking no. about Jared Leto? Okay. Yeah. Less said about him, the better. <laughs> um, with, I mean, obviously when there's a new Joker movie coming out, they're going to compare it to Heath Ledger. It's an iconic role. He won an Oscar for it. And... I think it's I think it's an unfair comparison. I think what Ledger does with the his with that his Joker is that he's given a lot more than what Joaquin Phoenix is given. He's a supporting character. He's allowed to have like the mystery. Yes. We he's not given a he's not given a name. We know we don't know uh, a lot about Ledger's Joker, but we know what like prescriptions and how how Joaquin Phoenix's Joker writes and. I mean, it's a different take on the character, but I think, I think I, I think I more like a Joker one that's opposed to Batman, and two that we don't know a lot about. I think the mystery is a lot of the character. Yes, I entirely agree with that. You it, pretty much said everything that I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what Phoenix does is, it's kind of an impossible task. He's. <laughs> He's asked to do a lot. He's asked for... He's making us sympathize and empathize with the Joker. He's the main character of the story. And um, obviously there's not Batman to conflict it. Um, In like the Dark Knight or in like the original Batman movie, you can look at the Joker as the antagonist and you don't have to sympathize with him. You sympathize with Batman. But this movie really shakes it up. And I mean... I can see why there's a lot of controversy about this film because of that. Because people think that it's trying to make you empathize with the Joker and like kind of justify in his actions and make you root for him. But I really don't think it does that. I think I think they walk a fine line with um, <coughs> with not making him all that relatable. Really, I mean, um, yeah. 
Uh, I do think I do think Ledger's better. I think I would probably put Jack Nicholson's original Joker above Phoenix, mainly because he's given more to do. We're gonna get into what they give Phoenix. I don't yeah. think it's a lot. I don't think he did it either. Because, like you said, you're trying to get people to feel bad for someone who's <clears throat> clinically insane, really, and ending up... Actually, I probably shouldn't say that. It's kind of spoilers. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about the film as a whole. So, um, I mean, we walk out... We walked out... Enjoy, I mean, not enjoying it, really, but I think I liked it. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Um... Yeah, I mean let's let's talk about let's talk about the positives of the film. For me, I think the biggest positive is it's kind of double. It's Phoenix, obviously. I think he does a masterful job with this. I think if he was nominated for an Oscar for this, I'd be fine with it. I do think I have not seen the movie yet, but I'm here. I I have heard that Adam Sandler deserves it. Yes. I am not joking. For uncut gems, have you seen the trailer for that? I have, and it surprisingly looks very good. It looks very good. I'm very, I'm really excited for that. And <laughs> I mean, it's funny if he gets an Oscar for it because the only comic book movie Oscars given to an actor would be for the Joker, and then I guess that says a lot about what the character uh, represents and how deep and complex he is. But I mean. He's not in this movie. Arthur Fleck is not very complex in a way, but Phoenix makes it feel complex. Yes, he like from the very start of the movie, you can't take your eyes off of him. It's like horrifying, yes. and yeah, I mean, even though uh, he does he does become the Joker, he does do terrible things. I don't think that's a spoiler. <laughs> I think that's what you get yes, with that's it. the Joker. Yeah, There's nothing to hide there. Yeah. Um, but he, his performance carries this movie. Like, I went in thinking the thing I, going into the movie, I the question I was asking myself was, can Joaquin Phoenix carry what he's given and make a good movie? I think he does. I think he does. But we're gonna obviously. As I said, we're going to get back to what they're giving him. Another thing I thought was really good was uh, the score, the music. Yes. Not only the soundtrack, which had a lot of good 70s and 80s, early 80s songs, uh, the score while he's um, dissenting into madness, especially uh, the bathroom scene. Bathroom scene. That's probably the like turning point in that movie, like from him going... To being just a normal guy to him showing his insanity yeah it's it's the it's the scene that people are gonna think about when they think about this movie yes because it's like I mean this is sort of towards the movie I'm not gonna give any definite spoilers until later <laughs> but it's after something happened he's in a he runs into a bathroom and he's like majestically dancing and the score is like haunting and it's you can't take your eyes off of it as much as you want to as much as it kind of is 
bone chilling. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of like a car crash where it's like yeah. I I shouldn't be looking at this, but I can't stop watching it. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, um, with Fleck, his biggest characteristic is the laugh. Towards the beginning of the movie, it's um, stated it's we're told that he has a condition where he laughs, even though that's not like when he's crying in uncomfortable situations like yeah where where you know how tears are like a, an expression of a lot of emotion mm-hmm. instead of tears he's laughing yeah so yeah and there are many scenes in this movie where it's nothing but silence it's silence and then it's his laugh and it's so haunting and i'm not even not even like sympathetic it's just pitiful what he goes through and as the story goes on we learn why he laughs and um yeah i mean it's that laugh his his constant laughing throughout the film that's probably the biggest microcosm of how much how chilling he is and why we can't turn away from him because even when we can't he does the laugh and it's so it's so unlike anything we've heard from a joker because Ledger is, he's funny, but he's serious. He yes. doesn't, he, his laughs are subdued. He's not all that, um, like, he's not a caricature in that way. But Phoenix is, Phoenix is. And I think, I think he really, I think it really works throughout. I think um, he does a great job, obviously. And, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything else to say with Joaquin. Yeah, no. Uh, I think his laugh is a great Joker laugh. Like, it's yeah. it's different from all of the other ones, but I think it's it's up there for me on the list of all of the Joker laughs. I'd agree. I I think it's iconic. In, it's instantly iconic because it tell it pretty much tells a story. Yeah, that's laugh. true. Especially towards the end of the movie, when you know everything that's going on. Yes. Yeah. No spoilers uh, yet. Yeah. <laughs> another another positive. Uh, that was striking for me throughout the entire movie, the visuals, the atmosphere of Gotham. Oh, it's, it's such, it's such an interesting looking Gotham. It is glorious. So like, it is exactly what I picture Gotham. Like Sam, yeah. what, like looking at a comic book of it, it's like picture perfect for me. It's amazing. It's with such a low budget that they were given. I think it's like $50 million, which is ridiculous saying that's a small budget, but I mean, it, is it is with these kind of movies. And it's it cap- captures the atmosphere perfectly. There's trash all over the city. It's crowded. It's like the worst versions of New York, Chicago, all put together. And and uh, a big point with the movie was Gotham's filled with super rats. Oh yes, that they're eating the trash. And I thought that was really fun. And yeah, I mean, and plus. Even when you're in Arthur's really crappy apartment, it still looks really interesting. It looks great. It looks exactly how it should be. Even from, like, the view outside of the windows of his apartment, you can see just... It's like 1980s New York. Mm -hmm. Like, no Times Square, none of the electric billboards. Yeah, and it... There's, I remember there's a shot of the whole city. It just shows the whole city. And then the big railroad up in the middle. Yes. And it's perfect. It reminds me of... It's kind of like a reimagining of what... Uh, remember Batman Begins? How a lot of that revolves around the uh, the train 
Oh, yes, yes. And it kind of is like the center of the city right mm-hmm. next to the Wayne building. It kind of reminds me of that, but in an 80s, early 80s setting. And I just thought it worked. I thought it complemented the story perfectly. It complemented yes. what Gotham is uh, in both the comics and other me- movies. Yeah. And like like we said with the um, DC, the state of DC as a whole, the precedent this movie brings... I think I think Shazam started it. Yes. I think Shazam started it with the personal kind of personal non-bombastic solo story combined into it. Yeah, with like, like a with team like, story, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, obviously, this uh, right now Joker's making a lot of money. Yes. It's making a lot of money. Do you know how much it like actually is? I think it made thirteen million dollars on opening day. Opening day, wow. That's so crazy. the highest grossing movie in October history is. Venom. Are you kidding? Surprisingly. Wow. And, um, yeah, it had like 10 million on opening day. Joker had 13. And it's, I mean, when I was buying tickets to the movie, um, the, the seats were selling out. It was, people are responding to this movie, be it negative or positively. <laughs> They're just responding to the movie. And I think this is, I, I really, I'm really happy this is happening because it's kind of, it's the first mainstream uh, test for these kind of movies, and it's doing well, financially at least. Yes. And, I mean, from what I've been hearing, it might it might win some Oscars. I don't know. It could definitely win some awards. If like it wins, it's, it's, good, it's a good enough movie for it to win at yeah. least one. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think if you're going to say one, it's going to be Phoenix. Yes, but, it's, it's got to be Phoenix. Like, mm-hmm. I think his role really made the movie what it is and kind of saved it to be written. That's yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But if this, if this wins like, like best director or like, I don't think it's going to win best picture, but if somehow it does, that is a like slap in the face to everyone. And it's saying these movies are here to stay. People like people want more than just cinematic universe storytelling where, you get like an Ant-Man and the Wasp, which yeah. feels like filler. <laughs> or yeah, I mean, it the the beauty of these kind of movies compared to like most of the Marvel movies is, except I'd probably say except Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that's the one exception, is that they feel like they're super important because oh, yeah. there is nothing else going on. They're they're focused because like as much as I like the Spider-Man Marvel, MCU movies, they feel like they're not only a Spider-Man movie, they're an Iron Man movie, mm-hmm. they are an Avengers movie, it's it's whole lot of things, it's setting up stuff, and <laughs> like this kind of movie, this movie's not going to get a sequel. No, no, there's no way. Like, there's like, no... there's no ju- po- Judging by the end of the movie, with yeah. no spoilers, but the end of the movie kind of sets some things up. Yeah, like there's not going to be a, there. There's no post-credit scenes like all the Marvel movies. It's not connecting everything. It's one singular vision, one singular movie, and it's focused. I mean, the quality of execution is up to be desired, but it's focused. It doesn't have to. Set, it doesn't have to set up Batman. We'll get to that. Uh, it doesn't have to set up really anything. It doesn't. I mean, it's just joker it's just arthur fleck it's his story his descent into madness and i really appreciate how 
that they're making movies like this. Yeah. No, it's it's good to see something different. Mm-hmm. Definitely now because of the influx of just superhero movies and yeah, they're all the same kind of. I don't know how to say it. They're, they all have the same characteristics, but a different story. This one has different characteristics and a different story. Yeah. So. Like, it's it's odd. At the beginning of the year, I was kind of in the mindset of... Uh, I was favoring the cinematic universe way of telling this. Like, I, my most anticipated movie of the year is was Star Wars. It still is Star Wars. But mm-hmm. second was Avengers Endgame. I was really excited for Endgame, and I do like Endgame, but it kind of was. It I kind of got an empty feeling from it. But after, towards the lead up to this movie, I got really excited for this movie, not because I was like my expectations were high. I thought, I mean, the script leaked to this movie before it came out about like two months before, and people were saying it's garbage. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's weird. I've never seen a movie in this state of flux it's been the script leaks people say oh my gosh this is horrible but then it goes to award uh film festivals and then it wins a best picture yes it gets standing ovations and people i don't know if that's because of low expectation i think it's entirely just the audience yeah i mean this is such (laughs) this is such a divisive film where you either love it or you hate it I think this is the exact type of film that should be. You should love it or hate it. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's made to be a love it or hate it. Yes. Kind of film. Because it's definitely fit towards a certain audience, mm-hmm. like you, nerd. Sorry. <laughs> oh, but proudly, uh, proudly. It's it's definitely fit towards comic book people because of just the insanity part of it. Not because he's turning into the Joker. Not because he's doing all these funny things yeah. it's just showing his insanity yeah much. it doesn't it doesn't hold your hand in that way it's not like it's not like a, a movie where it like has to explain everything about gotham to you it doesn't um okay this is a minor spoiler i'm not gonna we're gonna talk about that we're yeah, gonna get cover your ears we're gonna get into this later but uh thomas wayne's a big part of the movie at least they try to make him a big part Tom, of the movie. Uh, Thomas Wayne, for people that don't know, is Bruce Wayne's dad. Yeah, okay. and that's exactly what I was getting to. Um, they don't hold your hand with that kind of stuff. It's, I mean, they do when they show Bruce and yes. they and they say him out, but they don't. If you're not a, if you're not somebody who's watched the Batman movies, read the Batman comics, or like watched. Yeah, if this is the first DC movie. Yeah, you've ever seen. You're gonna be a, a little confused in some areas. Yeah, I mean, it does a good enough job explaining the world, but it doesn't hold your hand like that. It's kind of like, um, if I can't believe I'm comparing this to Infinity War, but <laughs> they're completely <coughs> opposite. They're polar opposites. But if if you walked into Infinity War and it was your first Marvel movie, oh, you'd be so confused. It's not. Yeah, it's not hand holding. It doesn't. It doesn't have to explain who Doctor Strange is. We know who Doctor Strange is. It's, it's fit for the audience that's been, keeping up with things and watching mm-hmm. for a while or reading for a while for. A, yeah, I know. And even though even though I'm comparing <clears throat> both of them, I think Infinity War is much more, exclusive in that way. I yes. think I think Joker is more accessible if you haven't. 
Infinity Wars entirely. Like, you have to know this and that and all the yeah. stones. This is You have to watch 18 movies before yes. it. Yeah. And that's, and that's another reason why I'm really happy that this movie is made. It's one movie. Mm-hmm. There's merits to having 20 movies lead up to one big event, but it's one movie. It's that's the beauty of it, really. But um, yeah, I mean, I think the mo- Phoenix carries the movie. I think it's a gorgeous-looking mo- film, and what it means for the future of these movies, I think it's really exciting, and I'm really happy that it's been made and it's really successful, at least so far. And I hope we get more. I, I hope we get movies that take what Joker did and refine it and make it better because obviously we have problems with the film. I have, I, I mean, films are a visual media looking good is half the battle. I think it looks I'd good. Say soundtrack, which it's is soundtrack really is good. Like a, a good percentage of what makes a good movie. The soundtrack for Joker was top notch. Like, like I would, I, I would compare it with infinity war and all of the, like lead up scenes to all that it was a masterpiece in that sense i i completely agree it's in going back to the soundtrack i think like even like the title screens and the credits it looks like it's a 19 it it immerses you into the 1980s Mm -hmm. in the 70s and i think it does a really good job with that and the atmosphere (laughs) it creates with gotham's great and like we said the precedent in phoenix it's all great but we have problems with the movie. I think, I think the story is not very good. I think, oh, no. I mean, obviously it's supposed to be like a movie in the vein of like Taxi Driver, where it's just one man's <laughs> descent into madness. Yes, but, I'd say the negatives and positives are they kind of cancel each other out. Yeah. I'd agree. I mean, yeah, I think, I think, like I said, I think Phoenix makes the movie worth it. Yes, he makes the movie what it is. Yes, I like it's not. Even with the problems we're going to be talking about in a bit, Phoenix makes up for it almost entirely. Almost, yes. It is such. It is a movie where you watch the performance. He he even if nothing else works. Yes. He saved the movie. Like he's given maybe a little bit more to do than the Joker and Suicide Squad. And even then, he had like what. 20 minutes of screen time in Suicide Squad. Yeah. And this is the entire movie. Yeah, he's got to be the whole thing. And he made it work. I think he did. And, like, the physical... Like, he looks haunting. Like, he looks... He's thin. Oh. The, and The Joker role is, in my opinion, just one of the most cursed roles out there. Because... Y- probably. The conditioning that you have to, like, get in shape for... Yeah. Is just raunchy. Like, yeah, and plus, was... and plus, like, what it does to your mental state. I mean, there's been a lot of Joker actors, especially Ledger, but not really. Yeah. Uh, it's been, like, it's been, like, assumed that he went mad and that caused his death, but it wasn't the case. No, that's not it. But Leto was insane. Oh, yes. He, he was, like, sending people rats <laughs> and, like, going insane. And then even... Phoenix, I think, kind of lost it a little bit. There's been things that have come out where it's like behind-the-scenes stuff where he's yelling at people, but I think it's fake. But he said yes. he said that he, he said that he was 
in a, like a very bad mental state just because of how much weight he lost and yeah he said that he had never had to lose weight for a movie role before this so it was entirely new to him so yeah and he yeah he lost 50 pounds i think it was it was 40 to 50 i know that for a fact yeah that's a lot it is he was i mean it's it's kind of the thing where it's like um it's kind of like it kind of reminds me of like leonardo dicaprio uh in like the revenant he's that movie that movie's just him yelling to the academy please give me an oscar (laughs) yep i am eating a bear i'm living inside a bear living in a bear and I, I don't think I don't think it's a very like per, I don't think it's a showy performance in that way like where it's Oscar bait where he's like desperately trying to get an Oscar like hey give me an award I deserve it after like eighteen films or whatever yeah but I, I think Phoenix I think what Phoenix is doing is kind of what I'm saying he's the visuals him losing the weight was key for us to not lose attention to him to just. Like, I mean, like if, if I, he just looked like a normal guy, it wouldn't have been the story that it was. Because there was a no spoilers. This isn't really a spoiler, but I don't know what is and what isn't. Uh, there's a lot that focuses around his body and the way he looks throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's a symbol of just him going mad, him being mad before that, and him. Yeah. Just, yeah. And I think. <laughs> I think, like, the whole aspect of not being able to look away from him is not only the laugh, but it's the way he looks. Because for those who have not, the, for those who have seen Joaquin Phoenix outside of this role, he looks nothing like this. Oh, nothing like it. And Doesn't he usually have a beard? Mm-hmm. And he's got, like, long hair long, and, like, longer a, hair. And a, like, a man bun. Yeah. Uh, and it's, um, it's the thing where, like I said, it's we can't take our eyes away from him. It's haunting, and it's just it keeps our attention even when the story isn't very compelling. Because this story is not, I wouldn't say it's good. I wouldn't say it's great. Hmm. It it was uh, it was kind of rough. I'll give it that. There was a lot of rough spots, like a lot of, yeah, a lot of rough spots. But I think, I think I still think Joaquin Phoenix pretty much saved the movie on in in its entirety. There was some aspects that, you know, that were still not the best, but for the most part, he did a tremendous job yeah, of how he, this worked. I feel I feel bad for him in a way because he really <laughs> deserves a better movie. Like, I, I, I know there's a quote from director Todd Phillips. He told Joaquin Phoenix, I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, I, I want to make a real movie, but we're just going to disguise it as a comic book movie. Yeah. And I think that's my biggest, that might be my biggest problem with the movie. I think it, it tries to be way too, it tries to be super serious. And the story doesn't hold up where I can take it seriously. Yeah. Why so serious? Why that's so serious? Literally... Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, hey, Todd Phillips, why so serious? It's it's an entirely new Joker. Yeah. It's not it's nothing we've like we've ever seen before. But I think I think if they made it a little more like 
kind of self-aware because I mean the whole the whole thing coming into this movie was oh it's not a it's not a comic book movie it's a real prestige it's a character movie it's it's the taxi it's taxi driver but it's it's a it's a superhero it's a supervillain movie yes it's, it's the... if it if it embraced itself as a supervillain movie I think it'd be better I think it doesn't really know what it is it wants to be something that it's not it's trying to be like this gripping violent look at a psychotic madman but yeah. i can't really take this version of the joker very seriously even with phoenix's performance when it just feels like it's like super serious yes in the same way that like batman v superman super serious it's like this is a movie about a guy who dresses up as a clown. Yeah, no. And who literally dresses up as a clown. Like in the comics he's a he's a prankster. It's he's insane pretty much. Yeah, and I mean it yeah, it tries it tries way too hard not to be a comic book movie and it can't it has such a identity crisis. It tries so hard to be a comic book movie, but there's no way you can't make it. A, com- yeah. a comic movie. Like, the the character of the Joker is inherently goofy. Yeah, no. There's always have to, there always has to be some comedy Even, aspect of it. And there kind of was, but it wasn't really I, funny. I, 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 <laughs> like, for a person, for a character whose name is the Joker, for me, he's not funny at all. Oh, like, no. No, 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 no. Heath Ledger's Joker is at least kind of, he's funny. He's comedic in a way. Yeah, like... The scene with the mob bosses. Yeah, I. That's it's it's hor- He does horrifying stuff. He's menacing. He's scary, but he's also really fun. He's funny. He's comedic, and I. Yeah, I just think if this, I think it's not the best version of itself. I think if it took itself a little less seriously, it embraced what the character was created on. It was trying like. In a way, I don't think it ultimately feels like this, but I feel like it, they made a movie like Taxi Driver with a guy, and they just slapped clown <laughs> clown makeup on him and yeah. said, this guy's the Joker. I mean, yeah, that's probably it, the best way to put it. And it doesn't take away from Phoenix's <laughs> performance because he's still playing a madman, but it's not really the joker in a way and that's that's fine i think they can reinvent the character i mean nolan and ledger reinvented the character in the dark knight but i think it doesn't land the same way that the dark knight does yes i think i don't know how to put this but i think it definitely could have been better in Mm -hmm. a lot of aspects but some of the aspects that are new and that are kind of fresh to everyone I think that made the movie kind of what it is, mm-hmm. and some people like that, some people don't. So, yeah, I, and um, <laughs> and also going with the story, another negative that I found, I think, I mean, I think this cripples the story. I think it's the the whole the theme of the movie is um, the class divide. It's the have and the have nots. The reason he, Arthur Fleck becomes the Joker is because society beats down on him. He even says it. Yeah, going going from the past movies where Joker's like, okay, here, drop this guy in a 
vat of acid yes and he becomes the joker versus society i think it's a little little different from the past and like what you were saying you have (laughs) the overly like um hyper stylized like uh not trying to be real joker which was like jack nicholson's joker in 1989 he falls into a vat of acid but then you have Heath Ledger, he does not do that. He's very... It's a very serious, very realistic movie, but it knows that it's a comic book movie. It, It's not trying to be our world entirely. It makes an attempt, It, but it's not, like, devoted to being like our world. He, Batman is still in the movie. That That's not a plausible thing in our world. He drives a Batmobile around. He... Yeah. <laughs> A guy, a guy becomes two-faced because he flips a coin. Yeah. It's it's inherently goofy, but it does a good way, does a good job in handling it with care and respect. I think this goes way too far being realistic. Oh yeah, and like it's hyper realistic. Mm-hmm. And the, with the theme, in a in a movie like the first Batman movie, I think it worked better. But because it's trying to be our real world it's it's not a good representation of the class divide because i mean the whole thing is that like the the rich are horrible people they are they're not like i mean the people they don't the, care about the lower classes yeah and they're in, saying and they're showing us horrible people but the first scene of one of the first scenes of the movie is arthur fleck getting his sign getting beat up by yeah. by a bunch of by a uh, bunch of kids by a bunch of poor kids and it's like who's it's just everyone's bad Every, everyone's bad nothing is good yeah much. and it's not it doesn't look like it has anything to do with class and it's really muddled and it doesn't really get paid off so there's two real lines of the sto- lines of the story it's the class struggle and then it's him idolizing um Murray Franklin, the late night talk show host, played by Robert De Niro, he like idolizes him, and it's not really his character is not really class driven. It's just kind of like he's a bully. He he plays Arthur's uh, failed stand up act on the show, and <laughs> this that, is kind. This is semi spoilers. Yeah. Are we getting into that part yet? Uh, we're almost there. Okay. <laughs> There's two main things we got to talk about with the spoilers. Um, and I, I want to go back to Phoenix's performance. That scene where he's uh, doing a stand-up, like, that's, that's the biggest uh, takeaway with uh, you can't take your eyes off of him. It's, like, pitiful. It's not even sympathetic. It's just like, oh, my gosh. Like, like oh wow he's we, like you're wanting the scene you want to actually doing this can this he needs to like get off the stage and yeah you 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 feel like you're in that like comedy club like you feel like you're there like oh you need to just get off the stage mm-hmm. and like that scene and in a, in a lot of others they're like can we just cut the scene I I'm so it makes you uncomfortable and I think uh, if there's also another scene this is towards the end of the movie i'll get to that in spoilers but there's a scene i want to talk about that i think should have been more of an emphasis with the rest of the movie we'll get back to that 
But yeah, the theme of class, I don't think it works. I think Murray Franklin is not... I think they think that the whole late night talk show thing is all about class. And I can see where they're getting with that. But it, we don't see Murray Franklin or the late night talk show thing as a symbol of the upper class. We see Thomas Wayne as a symbol of the upper class. Yes. But it goes nowhere because of a very spoiler aspect of the movie. You know what? I think I think we should cut I think we should cut it off. I is think this is the spoiler part. This this is officially the spoiler section of the the review. I if if you don't if you don't want this movie to be spoiled, we'll catch you next week. Catch you next week. We're going to be talking about Marvel and why they're the best. <laughs> yes, <laughs> contradicting ourselves. That's that's uh, controversial. Yeah, but uh, so this is this is your warning. This is the spoiler section of the zone, of the tone zone <laughs> of the first episode. Okay, three, two, one. Okay, so <laughs> Thomas Wayne does not work at all oh god he does no. not no he is uh arthur fleck's mother is a big part of this movie and yes. she keeps mailing thomas wayne asking him to help them and it's you're like okay this is this is she does it maybe four times throughout the beginning of the movie and like okay i get it let's i don't really see why this is an important thing to look at but then it reveals to us like halfway through the movie, it's probably the midpoint of the movie, uh, that he he finds out that um, his mother uh, thinks that Thomas Wayne is Arthur's father. Oh, yeah. And I'm watching that, and I'm baffled. I'm like, what? Like, I, I get what you're trying to say with, like, uh, the upper class will like hide this away and just let you live in poverty, but it it it, it doesn't make any sense. It's really. not connected. There's no point in having that connection. And not only do they make the connection, they completely revert on it, which I was kind of I was happy about. He goes to Arkham, which is not Arkham Asylum; it's Arkham State Hospital, and he get and he steals the files of his mother, and it turned out she was deranged and like insane kind of like and allowed his abuse which caused his laughing condition yeah and it says that thomas wayne is not his father he was adopted yeah and i was happy with that because the thomas every almost everything with thomas wayne does not work no there's i i think nothing with thomas wayne maybe the bathroom scene where they're telling him like yeah so adopted and he doesn't believe him. Yeah, Maybe he that's goes the only part. He goes to uh he sneaks into a showing of a Charlie Chaplin movie, Modern Times, I think it was. Yes. And he confronts Thomas Wayne and asks him, like, Are you actually my father? Like, I know you no, know, I actually, wouldn't say he asks him. I think he more he, pretends that like he just immediately thinks that Thomas Wayne is his father. Yeah, he assumes he, he I mean, throughout the movie he's unlike questionably loyal to his mother he's her caretaker and um yeah i mean it would make sense that he'd take her side and he's like you're my father like stop denying this like he he's at one point he's crying like 
dad, it's me. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Why well, should say crying because he was laughing? And before this, yeah, and before this, he goes over to the another w- weird thing. How does he get? Like, I'm not. I don't. I don't really care about plot holes, but this is just fun to think about. It's yeah. weird. How does he get that close to Wayne Manor? How is he able to? How is he able to just sneak past? How the is crowd? he able to talk to Bruce? Put his hands on his mouth, and then like almost choke Alfred. And just run away and not just get... run away and not have any sort of penalty or nothing. I like, mean, I'm they're fi- the richest guys in Gotham. I'm I'm fine with that happening. Like I'm not I'm not gonna lose sleep over that. But then he sneaks. He does it again. He sneaks into the movie theater and he confronts Thomas Wayne. Obviously, as we said, and he punch Thomas Wayne punches him and says, "Like I'm not your father," and I. Well, he punches him because he because he can't stop laughing. He's like, "What? You think this is funny?" Yeah, like, and that happens a lot with the condition. It makes it's I, it's, it's weird. I think, I mean, J- the Joker should not be somebody you try to empathize with, but they make an effort to do it with his laughing condition. Like towards the beginning on the bus when he's trying to, when he's like making the kids smile, and the mom's like. What's what's wrong with you? Like leave my kid alone, and then he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. It's, I was just." And, and then like, are you you got a problem? And then the three guys, the three uh, Wayne employees that he murders in the subway car, it's the same thing. They're like, "Why are you laughing? What's so funny?" And I, it's like it's trying to like from that point on. I think when he kills the guys, it, it doesn't really make an effort to uh, sympathize with him, but it makes an effort in the beginning, and I don't really think it works mm-hmm. but yeah i mean um i i there's no i i think i think there's a merit to having thomas wayne in the movie as a guy running for mayor i thought i thought towards the beginning of the movie i thought it was like an allusion to trump oh. I, <laughs> I thought that's what they were going with but then i it, don't think they would do that i think that's too political no, no. would be very angry well i mean it's a joker movie it's it's supposed to talk about the ills of our society so yeah if if they think that trump's one of the ills of our society i thought <laughs> i seriously i thought that's where they were going but then they do uh it's a they do a bait and switch with him and he doesn't do anything the only reason he's in the movie is to introduce like introduce uh, bruce to the whole like the there's I, I, no reason yeah, no. to introduce Bruce Wayne into this. There's, I think that it's just kind of... You could have left that over there. You could have just left everything out and then showed that final scene where they're leaving the theater. Uh-huh. Okay. The, the, the worst, that, I the worst scene of the movie. I'm going to oh, talk yeah. about the worst scene of the movie and then the best scene of the movie, in yeah. my opinion. The worst scene of the movie happens towards the end. The Joker has been freed. <laughs> He kills Murray Franklin. He's free. Oh, yeah. He, uh, it's like the anarchy uprising. It's like very V for Vendetta. Yeah. But V for Vendetta does this much better. It's <laughs> such a good movie. Uh, but it's like the rising up, and we turn to a movie theater where it plays Zorro the Gay Blade. And I, right when that comes up, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what's happening, and you're thing, just like, are you kidding me? The one thing I thought this movie was not going to have, the one thing I kind of hoped it did not have, <laughs> it has. It has 
the the death of Thomas and Martha Wayne. There is no reason for that to be in this movie. No, and you did not need to show that. And also, it's it's very weird. Throughout the entire promoting of this movie, it's like this is not a comic book movie. This is not Batman. This is not silly. It's Joker. It's serious. You're kind of alluding for it to be. You like seriously that. just create you you seriously just created Batman in a movie where you're like this is not a comic book, dude. We live in a society. That's pretty much what this is saying, and <laughs> you're just alluding to more Batman. It's, I, there's no reason for this to be in the movie. And okay, I think I think that's all I wanted to say about the worst scene. I think I think you understand why it does not work <laughs> on so many levels. Yes. Okay. The best scene in the movie, in my opinion, is the scene where is this uh, the bathroom. No, oh. I think that's I think that's close. I think that's my favorite scene in this. I wouldn't be mad at that. I think that's I think that's a great scene. It's that scene's great because it's visual storytelling. It's uh, the this scene is uh, this is after he kills those three Wayne employees that are like preppy college kids wearing like suits and yeah casual. and they and they harass a woman they harass her. a woman and beat uh and they would and they probably wouldn't have stopped if it wasn't for arthur's laughing yeah and then they attack him and then they attack him he pulls out a gun and shoots all of them very stylized and with then the lighting as soon as soon as he's like done and realizes what he does he runs away runs upstairs and all that and hides himself in a bathroom and in this bathroom, he starts dancing. Like there's, it's it's like cassette music in a horror movie behind this dancing, and it is beautiful. It's mesmerizing. It is poetic justice. When when they show, Joaquin Phoenix is like real before the, when he's nominated for best Ap- actor, which he probably will be, right <laughs> after Adam Sandler. Um, <laughs> Go see Uncut Gems. Uh, it'll be. It's gonna be him dancing in this bathroom. It's visual storytelling to a T. It's you see, like up until the murders, he's kind of still connected to reality some in a way. Yes, but he's not really. This scene completely strips him away from reality. He is the Joker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's no words are said. It's really good, but it's not my favorite scene. My favorite scene of the movie is right before he goes to the Murray Franklin show. He is in his he is in his apartment room, and uh, his two former clown co-workers come mm-hmm. in, and one is um, one is short, one is tall, and they come in and they uh, they're like, oh, the police were questioning us about this murder. Did you really bring a gun out? Uh, this is to a, a kid's show in a hospital. Yeah, he brought his gun. And while he was doing a show, his gun fell out and landed on the floor in front of all of these kids. Yeah, and they were like, did you really bring a gun out? And and like, this is what got him fired from his clown job. And we see, as this is happening, the camera cuts to Arthur's pocket, and he's got a knife. Or is it a knife? Or like it's scissors. It's scissors. He, he pulls scissors out of a drawer yeah, and yeah. holds them behind his back it's, so they can't see He's it. got scissors. And then... Uh, the the guy actually the guy uh, talking guy. to him actually gave him the yeah, gun. Yeah, gave the him the gun the and denied it later. Mm-hmm. So and he, Arthur just turns and he uh, stabs him in the neck. Stabs him in like jugular area. Yeah, and, and then 
blood, all that, and then Kills he keeps them. stabbing him in the face, like the eyes. And, and that's and that's not the reason I like this scene. And then it continues. The short uh, co-worker is scared to leave. Like he's and, hiding in a corner and, behind a chair. And before this, and before they came in, or after they came in, obviously, he locks the door from the top. And he walks away, He walks back to the door trying to get out, but he can't reach the lock. So he asks Arthur to unlock the door. And there, it is frightening. You are scared for this little, he, this, you're scared for because, this little dude. Because this is the this is the Joker. You don't know. He's sporadic. He's you sporadic. don't know. He just murdered this guy, for no reason. Murdered None. the guy None you know. All. You're next, and he's like, and you're like, can you please open this door? And he just lets him out. He's just and, no. The, I think the the best part about it is he's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, when this guy is walking to the door, uh, Joker is sitting next to this dead guy's body, just sitting there like that. Right when he steps over this dead guy's legs, Joker goes like, boo, and yeah. scares him. <laughs> yeah. And he runs to the door and, like, jumps to try to get the lock. Uh-huh. So, after that, then he's like, can you come get this lock? Joker comes, undoes it, and immediately says, you were always the only one that was nice to me, and kisses him on the forehead. Uh-huh. And this is what I love so much about that scene. It is... In a nutshell, what it wants the audience to feel is, oh my gosh, you you don't want him to kill him. I think most of the scenes in this movie should have been made with that sentiment. I think, I think it would have been a better movie, at least for me, uh, if it centered around us getting to know Arthur and us not wanting him to become the Joker. Yes, I think, I think it doesn't do that. I think it tries to um, it it tries to let us know who he is, but then immediately we just see his descent through chaos. And I get it; it's Taxi Driver, it's King of Comedy. I get it, but I so I'm gonna compare the what I love so much about the Spider-Man PlayStation game. Yes, <laughs> it's my favorite modern Spider-Man story, and the main villain, Doc Doctor Octopus. He he is reinvented for the story, and the whole thing about him is that you know he's going to become Doc Ock, but you you desperately do not want him to become Doc Ock. I think if this movie was all, if this movie was, you get to know him a little bit, maybe a little bit, like it does, but if all the scenes revolve around this kind of tension, where it's like, what's he going to do? Please don't kill him. Don't become the Joker. But then he does, it becomes more of a tragedy, contradicting what he says uh, t- what he says to his mother before he uh, yeah. kills her. It's, my life wasn't a tragedy, but it's, it's a, a comedy. It's a, it's a it, comedy. It's a comedy. And I think if it contradicted it in that way, it becomes more of an unreliable narrator, and I think it, I think it pushes that better. Yeah. But as, this, as the scene is, I think it's amazing. And it's not because it's violent. I, like, people came in, people were, I was, my expectation coming into this movie was like, oh, this is going to be, like, super violent. This is going to be, like. Like, it's it's rated R. You you expect some, yeah. so a lot more violence than there was. Like, I thought, I thought he was going to, like, take somebody's jaw off. Like, I thought he was going to leave crowds in 
and yeah. just dust. Especially especially the way people were reacting to this movie is like, oh my gosh, this is going to cause controversy. I I don't see like I could see I could see the controversy part. I don't see the I could whole... see it, but one the film's really not about anything. Yeah. But I can see with like the iconography and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean it's not really violent. No, not at all. It's violent when it has to be violent. Well, it's violent during <laughs> his it's violent during his kills, obviously. It's gruesome, but it's not like over like glorified yeah. uh three hundred kind of slow mo uh shots, the fights. I I think it's I think it's more tasteful than that, but yeah. I think one thing going back to your favorite scene, I think it makes it ten times better because that scene is the first time we see him in the Joker makeup with, true. The, with the green hair. Oh, so and this also, is pretty much don't him. you have to bleach your hair to make it green? Yeah, I, Whatever. I saw that, Whatever. but that's, that's a plot it's hole. It's fine. It's fine. It's all right. It's Most, fine. A lot of people don't know that, but this is the first time we're seeing him as like the Joker 100%. Like mm-hmm. There was one thing missing, and that's his smile, I think. Yeah, and then at the end, he and does that. At the, at the end, uh, he gets into a car crash, and that's like saving him. And these guys who are protesters wearing clown masks because of him all take him out and set him on the front of a car. Mm-hmm. He wakes up, he's bleeding out of his mouth, and he takes the blood and puts it into a smile on his face. And right then and there, he starts doing the same dance that he was doing in that bathroom. Yeah. And I going back to the so going back to the crash. With his, like, his goons, I guess they can be called yeah. now. His goons uh, uh, crashing into the police car and saving him. I've seen there's a theory that that did not happen. Like, everything hap- everything happening after that crash did not happen. Well, the, it, it, it's entirely possible. The rising up. But I don't think it's true because as it's happening, we see uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne get killed. Yes. And... That's the last shot we see of that scene, and if that didn't happen, it cuts immediately to Arthur, and he's in the mental hospital. I think that's probably my one of my favorite scenes in that movie. Uh, he, he's in the mental hospital, and he's laughing, and his uh, therapist asks him what's so funny, and he says, you wouldn't get it. I think the movie should end it right there, because the fact... Listen... I think this would have worked better in a different movie if it embraced the comic book world a little bit more that it comes from, if it embraced the truth a little more. The fact that he says, the fact that he is laughing at, I mean, obviously it's the last scene before we, it's the scene we see right after the Waynes get killed. Yeah. So obviously we're, we're thinking that he's talking about Bruce and he's, he's laughing that that could either come he either inspired that kid to do really good or really bad. Mm-hmm. And I think the movie should have cut off to that. I think that's great. I think it's a great ending to a different movie. Really? I, I like the the ending well, it had. I think it's fine. It's a, yeah. it's a good movie. It's fun. It's a good ending, I should say, because, well, the ending is, it's entirely white. There's a window at the end of the hall with the sun shining straight through it. He is walking out of this room after saying you wouldn't get it mm-hmm. with blood on the bottom of his shoes and, and he's dancing down the hallway. And it's a really nice visual. It's it's a it's, great visual. Yeah. And I he mean, get he gets to the end of the hallway to walk out the door to like leave the place 
and immediately starts getting chased by one of the employees there. This, th- yeah, that's true. This film has some of the best dancing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's, in a it's movie. like Tobey Maguire it, in Spider-Man we, Three. We are given the new Tobey Maguire dance exactly when he is on the steps. There's memes of that already. When he is on the steps as the Joe, it's his big reveal. They're playing this. They're playing an equally as funny song. Oh, with what it. song is it? Uh, I'll look it up. But he's dancing. Um, on the steps, it's very. It feels exactly like Tobey Maguire's dance. It does. And the thing is, I think it works. I think Tobey Maguire's dance works in Spider-Man Three. I think it does that's, too because that, that might be a different character. That might be a hot take, but uh, yeah. Um, God, I. What is that song? That's gonna be on my mind all day. Uh. Is it? I I don't remember. Um. But, yeah, the dancing. The dancing's really good. I think it's. Not only does it like legitimately show his descent into chaos, it's just fun. It is. It is just fun. Like it's a good scene because it's showing a different kind of person that he is. Because the music is upbeat, mm-hmm. and for the rest of the time, it's all been slow and kind of. Yeah, and like in a way, it's kind of him being. It's his like funny aspect. Yes, it's it's his character change. Mm-hmm. And it's. I mean. I, I can kind of see that they added it to add a little bit of brevity because it's very, there's not it's not a very funny movie. Yeah. It's, no. But these movie these scenes kind of shine, as silly as they are. I think they I think they work. I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. And, I, and again, I think it's I think it's a testament to them not really taking it's them, <laughs> kind of being loose and, not and kind of taking the source material as like it's a comic book. It, Let's yeah, have it's fun. It's a comic book. There's nothing. It needs more scenes like that, and I think that in the um, that in the scene where he uh, says uh, you wouldn't get it, I think it embraces the comic book. If he is talking about Bruce, I think that works. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it just needed a little. It needed more of that. It needed more. And another another thing. Remember uh, at the beginning of the movie, towards the beginning of the movie, when he's talking to his therapist, it cuts to him immediately in the psych ward and he's like uh, yeah he's bumping his head banging his there's head another the theory window. that this the whole movie did not happen and it's just his, i don't believe i that. don't i don't like that well it's it, all of these things are entirely possible because of that one scene with the girl that was down the hallway i completely yeah because so i think yeah you explain it that's that's not a very i i, I think it's done very generically so he towards the beginning of the movie he uh he says hi to uh one of his um homemates uh in the elevator and um (laughs) he starts to stalk her uh and it's weird after the murders he immediately goes to her house and they start making out and you're thinking this what yeah like how did that happen and that's yeah. And then uh, she's like caring, caring for her mother, for his mother while she's sick, and they have like a relationship. They're going on dates, and then it's revealed later on that those were that none of figment, it happened. Figments of his imagination. And I think, and I think that is fine. I think that's a really good way of representing uh, his I think, madness. I think what they did to show that it was wasn't real is beautiful because what happens is he walks down the hall enters this woman's room and just sits down on the couch yeah no 
I think I thought you were going to be talking about like how they cut back to the scenes and it's empty, like what they did in Fight Club. But I think I think it's because it was in Fight Club and it's really iconic, where yeah. it's just the same scenes but he's alone. I think that could have been cut. I think it would have been much better if this that was the scene where he just goes into her apartment, like he knows her. Yeah. And she's she sees him and she's afraid. She sees him and she literally says, "Your name's Arthur, right?" And it's like you live down the hall. And when I and when I uh, saw when I saw that first, I was like, "This is great. This is this is exactly what." should be happening with like the joker he should be losing his mind he's an un and it's and it's kind of like um this movie's version of the killing joke or heath ledger's uh joker in the dark knight where they give multiple stories how i got those scars he tells i think three stories yeah and in the killing joke he says if he has a past he'd like it to be multiple choice the key to ha- the key to the joker is he's an unreliable narrator and that's kind of what they that's kind of their way of using that. Yeah. And I thought that was nice. I thought that was clever. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Good movie overall, I got to say. I you know, the more I think about it, the more I don't know, the more I think about it, the more I hate it, the more I love it. Exactly. Like it's, a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, I think that's what it has. I think it's Yeah, 70. I think it does. I think that serves exactly what it is because for the amount of fluctuation and critics right now for this movie, I'd say that's about exactly what it is. Because it's either like three people say it's a hundred, two people say it's a ten. Yeah, I like uh, <laughs> when people are reviewing this movie. Uh, I see two things, and sometimes at the same time, it's the boldest and the best DC movie, or the boldest and best superhero movie since The Dark Knight. I think the I think the latter. I think the best movie since The Dark Knight. I do not think it's the best superhero oh, movie no, since no, The Dark Knight. So. I'd give that to Guardians Volume Two, Logan, uh, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, that kind of stuff. I don't think it's on the level of that, but I do think it might be the boldest movie since The Dark Knight because of what it's trying to do. I don't think it does it very well, but I think it's the attempt to make a. Scorsese taxi driver movie with the Joker is a very ambitious and very bold uh, goal to make. Yeah, and I, I think it does it well enough for it to show that it's doing something. I th- yeah, I think it does it well enough where it's kind of worthy of its praise. I see, I see how people love the movie. I see how people hate it. There are parts of the movie I love. There are parts of the movie I hate. But, I mean, the big thing is that it looks gorgeous, and the, but the themes are muddled. It's kind of every good thing is negated by a really dumb choice. Mm-hmm. But my biggest takeaway is that I'm really happy that this was made. Mm-hmm. This movie probably... I mean, this movie would, be, would not have been made without The Dark Knight. I think it's... A, like, I think the biggest turning point that DC's had in its entirety. Like, I... Not not comic book related, movie related. I would I would agree to a to a way. I think I think this is a symbol. I think this is like a great example of what DC does best. DC's compared to Marvel movies, DC movies are the trendsetters. I'd say more storytelling and less action packed. That too. But like, in terms of impact and culture, you look at the first super Superman movie. That's the first superhero movie. You look at Batman 89, that gave, like, that made, like, I mean, it's a second superhero movie besides yeah. the second, the super, 
Superman sequels. You look at uh, The Dark Knight. It's a uh, realistic, um, grounded, smart look at Batman. It mm-hmm. changed the way comic book movies could be made. And again, I'd probably I'd put Shazam in that too. It's got the cheesy heart of like the original Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. And I put it right up here. Even though I think those movies are better than this one, I think the way that it breaks ground in that way, I think that it shows best what DC does best. They are the trendsetters, but, and I mean, Mar- Marvel in their own way, they tre- they made a trend that... They're similar and different at the same time. Yeah, like DC DC's trends are able to be replicated by Marvel, I guess. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the Dark Knight influenced Logan in that way. And, but Marvel makes uh, trends that no one else can replicate Replicate. yeah yeah right because um guardians take or the mcu as a general as a whole guardians of the galaxy is you can't redo that and not make it the exact same thing the yeah the only way you can remake guardians of the galaxy is if you rehire uh if you hire james gunn the director of those movies to make a suicide squad movie which they're doing which i'm very excited oh yeah i cannot wait for that um but it's like the it's the thing where um, Guardians Guardians One had come out. It was a huge success, and then DC was like, "Let's make our own version," and, and they made ruined su- it. And they made Suicide <laughs> Squad, and it doesn't get any point of what made Guardians special. Guardians I mean, is a team of people that never should have met. Yeah, and Suicide Squad is a team that never should have met, just ten times worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it and it. It doesn't get the. It uses music in the same way. In the, it uses the same music as Guardians of the Galaxy, but it doesn't use it in the same way. It the songs in Guardians have character. That's I think that's the best microcosm with how Guardians set a trend that really couldn't be uh, replicated by DC. But I think going back to Joker, it is it is a bold, kind of sloppy movie that will set a precedent for movies that I hope refine this formula and perfect it. Yes. I think that's my one sentence on my thoughts about Joker. I think you and said then that if, if add And if I had to add another thing, Joaquin Phoenix carries the movie. Yes. He saves the movie. He is the, he is the movie. Yeah. Like, there's nothing... Absolutely. There's nothing hidden, hidden about that. He, mm-hmm. he saved the role and saved the movie in its entirety. So, if, if, you, had, if you had one sentence to clarify everything to on your on joker what would it be Hmm. i gotta gotta think about this probably something along the lines of like i said good movie decent joker movie kind of from the beginning but great atmosphere and great soundtrack yeah just a lack of information kind of given to him like Mm -hmm. story and all that like yeah and i agree i i i think we're pretty much in agreement on this movie i think it has a lot of faults but it's i really hope it's the stepping stone to what could be a really interesting time in comic book movies yeah yeah i think that, i i think, I think that's it i think i think, think, I, I think we uh I think we said all we could about the film Joker, I yeah. think. 
I think we squeezed all we could out of it. I yeah. I would, if you haven't seen it, I'd recommend seeing it. Yeah. Although well, the people that haven't haven't seen it probably aren't listening. I would probably <laughs> my recommendation would be if you like, if you're intrigued by the movie, I would recommend going going seeing it because of Joaquin Phoenix's performance. I'd say the tra- if you like the trailers that are like shown for this movie, it's it's pretty much the same thing. Like it's exactly what you would expect from the trailers. Yeah. But if you if you think if you don't like what you're hearing and what you see and you're not really it all in on what it's trying to say, I would probably stay as far away from this movie as possible yeah. because people are impressionable and I don't think the movie's about much, but I think uh, the iconography, as I said, or like, uh, I mean, people are impressionable. They'll respond to anything. So if you feel that kind of way, I would stay f- away from this movie. Yeah. <coughs> but I mean, I, it's, it's the, it, it begins and ends with Joaquin Phoenix. It's the Joker. Yeah. I don't know what, I mean, else, what else to say. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think that's all for episode one. Yeah. Um, it's been great. It's been great having you, Andy. Thanks. Hope to great have, being here. Hope to have <laughs> you again. It's going to be fun talking about movies that uh, do not compare to Spider-Man 2. But, um, yeah, it's been fun. Thanks, thanks for everyone for listening. Have a good uh, morning, evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. Have a great day. Have a great day. <laughs> Buh-bye.